what's true for you. And I used to think that was so cheesy, right? <laughs> like, oh God, every personal development book, but it's like, it is true. It's like, maybe it's now my thirties and you kind of understand that it's like, your time is so limited. You have a gift, double down on it and put those blinders on because there's just so many people creating content now that if we all try to act the same, it's just this big blob of boring. <laughs> Hey babe, welcome to the Sales and Social Podcast. I am so freaking excited that you are here with me today. Are you ready to simplify your sales and learn how to sell in a way that feels good and brings you in more consistent cash? If you find yourself feeling like you were doing all the things on social media, but it's not converting, and you just want to sell in a way that feels fun without feeling salesy. Hey, I'm Jillian. I am your fellow sales queen and your soon to be podcast BFF. 22 years in a corporate sales pace, losing my job during the pandemic, having no freaking idea what I was gonna do, but knowing that I had a God-given talent for sales. I quickly shifted to the online space where I have not only been able to grow my own personal business from zero to 500K in just 18 months with nothing more than a Zoom link, a paper planner, and a whiteboard, I've now also helped hundreds and hundreds of other online entrepreneurs grow and scale their business, and also explode their sales. So grab your beverage of choice, a pen and a paper if you're anything like me, and let's dive into today's juicy episode. Are you ready to get plugged into a community of entrepreneurs to collaborate and network while also learning everything about how to build your online business? Then you are ready to join the Sales Queen Collective today and get access to all of my masterclasses, live monthly Q&A, and so much more. This is absolutely the place for you to grow your business to six figures and beyond. What's up, babes? Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, Today, I have Angie Lee on, and we are going to jam out on so many amazing topics. If you guys have been in my world for any amount of time, you know that I am one obsessed with Angie Lee, and I know that you most likely are too. So Angie Lee, welcome to the show today. I'm so excited to have you here. Woo! I'm so excited. And, you know, Mercury's in Gatorade, so we're (laughs) having some tech issues, but you know what? We're here. We're good. Let's just... (laughs) Pray it works and keeps going. <laughs> yes. So before we actually hit record, we actually had some tech issues and Angie and I were talking about Mercury being in retrograde. And you guys know that I jam out on this stuff all the time, how I think it's like absolutely crazy. And you guys are all nuts for believing in all this stuff. And Angie and I were just having <laughs> lots of lots of laughs on it for sure. So Angie was actually telling me a story about how she actually had a podcast interview scheduled recently and he had to reschedule because Mercury is in retrograde. Angie yeah. talked about this craziness. I was like, hey, Mike and I would like to bring you on the show. Can we record with you next week? And he was like, oh, next week, next week. I was like, yeah, why? What's up? He's like, oh, Mercury's in retrograde and things are just not looking well right now with that. So I'm going to need to wait till it's out of retrograde. And I peed my pants. Like I couldn't even (laughs) believe this was a real message. So I was like, oh, LOL. Like, and then he was like, no, I'm, I'm serious. And I was like, oh my God. So, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. It is definitely a crazy time right now. It is a crazy time, friends. It's a crazy time. (laughs) So one of the things, yeah, it's a good laugh. One of the things that I love about Angie, and I know that so many of my audience does as well, is that Angie, you respectfully own your weird, unapologetically own who you are. And why do you think so many people are so afraid to even show a little bit of themselves? I think it's a combination of a few things. I think one we have to go back to parenting, right? That's the foundation of 
all of us and of society is, is good parenting changes the world. And I do believe that something my parents did do well, there's a lot they didn't do well because everybody's parents messed up <laughs> and yeah. I'm going to mess up as a parent. So there's no perfect parent, but something my mom and dad did really well that I'm very grateful for is they always allowed me to be me and they always really encouraged me to be weird and wild and different and unboxed and unhinged and choose the path that nobody else was choosing and wear the weird clothes that don't match because why the heck not? And my mom never dressed me in the cute little perfect baby gap clothes. Like a lot of these mommy bloggers do now, you know, my mom was like, Hey, here's some hand-me-downs. They don't match, but whatever. And I was like, Ooh, cool. I'm, I'm different. So I've always felt safe to be myself in a sense. And it wasn't until I decided to have this job where I'm sharing my life publicly that it started to become more difficult because you're getting so much judgment and you're getting so much feedback. So there were some years where it was really, really difficult, but I do think a lot of people are afraid to be judged. They're afraid to not fit in. And, and the irony of life is we all desperately want to stand out so badly. We all want to be different. We all want to stand out on social media and, oh, how am I going to be different than anybody else in my niche or my world that I'm in? Yet we all desperately just want to fit in and, and to know that we're included, right? Not being included is like the biggest fear of humans. So it is interesting that we want both. It's like, oh, please include me. I want to be like everybody else. I want to follow the herd. So I'm going to do all the trends and do all the things. So I look like I fit in, but then I also desperately don't want to fit in and I want to be different. And so it's this interesting dichotomy as humans that we struggle with because God forbid we stand out a little bit. God forbid we do things a little bit different, but yeah, for me, it's always been my North Star. My, my One of my biggest values is just do it different. Do it mm -hmm. so different that nobody else is, is doing it that way. And so I've always loved that. I've always loved inspiring people to just not care as much in a sense. And to say you fully don't care is not really realistic. So I don't think it's about not caring at all what people think about you. But I think it's knowing that you feel so safe and comfortable in who you are and you know that you don't have to change that in order to be loved or to be enough. And yeah, I'm really grateful that my parents did that. And now I'm very conscious of the friendships that I have and making sure that they are also people who are weird and fully self-expressed. And then I'm allowed to be weird and fully self-expressed. So yeah, I, I think it's uh, when you set yourself free, you realize that we should have done it sooner. You know, mm -hmm. there's no reason to not be fully who you are. Um, it's also really exhausting to not be yourself. And I pride myself on having a lot of energy and having energy is one of my values. So I have to compromise my value of energy if I'm going to be inauthentic. <laughs> so I, yeah, I, I talk about a that a lot with energy, you know, obviously being in sales, I talk about that a ton. It's like when you are not showing up as your authentic self, you're like draining your energy. It's like, oh, I got to put on my Instagram story hat. Yep. Then I got to put on my masterclass hat. Then I got to put on my mom hat. Then I got to put on my podcasting hat. And it's like, when you're just putting on who you are, it's way more freeing and way more energetically filling for you as well. Oh yeah. I always say inauthenticity is exhausting. Mm -hmm. And it's one of my favorite things to talk about because a lot of people will tell me that they feel like they are, are switching. They're switching their personality when they go on Instagram stories or they record the podcast or they create content. And my biggest encouragement is try to have that actually be seamless and congruent. And that congruency is felt. That congruency is contagious because people want to see people being who they are. And so when I'm showing that I am exactly who I am offline, online, people are, are inspired by that and they feel safe with that because it's congruent. So I know now we're getting into some nerdy 
dorky psychology, but I know you be sales, you love psychology, but that that's what it is. I'm a mirror for, Hey, if she can be fully her, why, why don't I just be fully me? Mm-hmm. Like, why not? You know, what do you have to lose? And everything in my life is that has happened great in my life has always been for me being shamelessly myself, my relationships, my career, name it. It's from me saying, screw it. I'm just going to do it the way I want to do it. Screw the rules. I'm just going to be fully me. If people don't like it, that's fine. But it always works out in my favor. It always has. It's it's brought me some of the best relationships in my life. It's brought me opportunities. It's always been my saving grace is I'm just going to do it weird and do it different. So yeah, I really hope that people can give themselves permission to be weird, whatever that looks like for them. It doesn't have to be being silly or loud or anything. Being weird is is you get to define what that means for you. It could just mm-hmm. be doing things a little bit differently than other people in your industry or your friend group. There, you get to define what it means. And I think too, like even like part of you is like, you know, the baby grandma or, you know, the the wearing the Crocs or things like that. People don't even realize from like a marketing standpoint, it's like how just those little things make you stand out online. I mean, I don't look at a pair of Crocs without thinking like Angie Lee. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, because, because like you talk about them, right? Like, yeah. it's like, people don't even realize, like, even when you start showing up who you are, it's like, that is, there's marketing behind that. And I think people just really don't even pay attention to that either. Yeah. And yeah, there's so many different thoughts on that because it's intentional and it's not intentional, you right. know? Yeah, it's, no. not even, it's not even intentional, but it's no. like, it is. Yeah. It's not, it's not intentional. Definitely. Especially not baby grandma. And I mean, that was all just, but then as I went on, I realized how important it is to have isms as a brand. And when people do truly understand business and brand, I'm able to use that as an example of having personality isms and things that people can feel uh, connected to relatable moments. But for people who don't understand marketing, they're kind of like, what do you mean? So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's subliminal to most, but then for you, you're conscious of it. You're looking for, you understand what it is that I'm doing and I'm doubling down on it. Mm-hmm. But for some people, they don't know. And they just, they don't realize what I'm doing is, is constantly doing that so I can create reference points. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I think, I mean, gosh, if one day Croc sponsors me, but that's probably never happening. So. <laughs> we just, I run a, I run a sales mastermind and we actually just, that was one of our lessons last week was talking about like, what are your isms? Like what isms, makes you, yeah. yeah. Like what makes you stand out? And people were like, well, what does that mean? It's like, what are the things that you talk about so often on repeat? Like mine is like, I literally never washed my hair. I washed my hair yesterday for the first time in 17 days. So people are always telling me that's good for your hair. Yeah. People are always tagging me in like baseball hats or like dry shampoo or like, they'll be like, Hey Jill, I'm also on like day a hundred of like not washing my hair. And I'm like, amazing. And it's like those little isms are literally connecting me with people from a conversational standpoint, from like a messaging standpoint, from like them thinking about me when they're out. And it's like, there is like some messaging and some marketing behind that that is so key. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and if done right, it should feel fun to do. It's just the things that we know about each other. Um, it's no different than your friendships. You know, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of my closest girlfriends. There's little quirks and isms about them that I know and we share. And so it's no different. I just decided to share a lot of them. And so when you share them and then the key is consistency and the repetition of it, then people start to build this memory and yeah, I mean, now it's kind of like, I mean, the Crocs one is funny because like I probably get a DM every day now. Crocs. <laughs> I'm always like, okay, like now I'm like, it's getting old, but like, I'm also like, it's funny, but so it's just never going to die. It's never going to die, I guess. It's never going to die. So one of the things that you talk about, and I actually talk about it too, is I always say heartbeats and humans, and you always say heartbeats over likes. And I know that you have built your brand organically, no ads, no paid advertising. Why has that been so important to you? 
Yeah. In the beginning, it was very intentional because I wanted to create a brand that had a portable story and that people enjoyed so much or found so valuable and helpful that they felt this desire to share with a friend. And and so I could have word of mouth, which I knew was the strongest business I could have because Susie tells Katie and Katie comes over and consumes my content and Katie likes it too. Now that that's game over. And Susie can tell Katie stronger than I ever could. And I'm not against it, especially now. I think they can be valuable. And with with soul, I have a physical product line. We yeah. definitely use ads for that. I'm I'm not the CEO of that, but I know our team is is definitely doing ads for soul. But for my personal brand, I've always wanted it to be slow and steady. I've always wanted it to be on relationships, answering every single DM, almost every single comment, which sounds like insanity, but it's it's my job and it's what I love. I love hanging out and building community. It's it's what I've always wanted to do. So I do think for me, it was intentional for it to be slow and steady and organic and to feel like it wasn't just some random girl pumping ads. And again, a lot of it too, for me was brand building. I didn't have something to sell them in the ad. So there wasn't like a lead magnet or anything, but I do think there is a time and place where it is very smart. You know, I think now we're seeing a blend of both. It's like have organic and have paid, but if you first can't prove that your organic stuff is valuable and people want it, it's, it's not smart to pump money behind it. So I always say proof of concept first, first, see if people enjoy your content or find it valuable or it's shareable. What defines it as shareable. You can literally go into your analytics and see if people share it or I'll get people who say, oh my gosh, this is so funny or so great. I just share with my sister, Susie. I'm like, oh my God, awesome. And then I ping that as, oh, this is this is shareable. This was entertaining enough or educational enough for her to share it. So then if I see a trend with that and I can build some confidence in the organic, then I know if I pump money behind this, then it for sure is going to spread. But if you just pump money into something that you've never first seen, if people actually like, you're kind of, you're just shooting in the dark. So always test organically first. Doesn't need to be a million people, but have a small pool of people who agree this is valuable and needed and they want it. And then you can put money behind it for it to to uh, 3X or 5X or 10X. The yeah, it's, it's so good. So you were actually, when I came online, which was two and a half years ago, you were the very first masterclass I'd ever gone to. And it was about teaching inside of Instagram stories and like the power Mm -hmm. of Instagram stories and Instagram stories is my biggest selling place. It's where I sell more than anything. It's where I teach. So I still love selling so much through Instagram stories. Do you still believe in the power of Instagram stories for selling? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, especially if you've already been there, Mm -hmm. it's my favorite place to communicate and hang out with my audience. I think think like anything, of course, there's going to be ebbs and flows and seasons. So now we're seeing video is exploding even more. So I do think it's still important to have reels and be active on your feed and also on TikTok. But what's great about stories is you can repurpose those stories into reels and TikTok. So it's it's such a great way to build intimacy, to get people into your DMs and then have an intimate conversation there, whether it's just to nurture your community and you're an influencer or it's to sell them on a course and you're a service provider. I think it's a great place to engage and then and then get them ideally into the DMs in a authentic and organic way that then spikes this interest into whatever it is you are selling. And for me as an influencer, it's usually brand deals. So I ideally want to be sending a link to the product or the wellness thing. But when I was doing lots of courses and things like that, I mean, yeah, that's where that's that's where I made a ton of my conversions. And it felt mm-hmm. so fun and so genuine and it felt good for me. It felt clean. It didn't feel like I had to do it in a way that wasn't the way that I wanted to communicate. Mm-hmm. So for the people who are listening to this right now and that follow you and are obsessed with you, they're like, yes, Angie is hilarious. She's an influencer. She has 
people probably helping her do reels. I'm an everyday person. I am not creative. How do I tap into this creativeness to even start creating good content online? Yeah, to me, it's it's doubling down on your secret sauce because your secret sauce is not going to be my secret sauce and and what you can do, I can't do. So your ability to understand psychology and sales, I that doesn't come as naturally to me. I can, I had seasons where I was passionate about that, but now I'm really stepping more into comedian and writer and script writer. I love writing scripts. I'm writing one right now. It's really funny about um, bros, every motivational podcast with bros, like dudes on motivational podcasts and the funny <laughs> shit they say. So that that's just how my brain works. It's always been that way. I've always, I always was the class clown. I've always loved comedy. I've always loved making people laugh. It's still, it's my greatest joy. Like mm-hmm. it, is, it gives me a high on like anything else better than sales, better than anything I've ever done. So for me, it's like, that makes sense for me. So if you're listening to this right now and you're like, Oh, the thing that I'm really good at, or that makes sense for me, double down on that. Like for some people it is, maybe it's the inspirational quotes. Maybe you're a fantastic writer. Maybe for you, it's visuals and you draw these cool graphics and you're an artist. I can't draw for shit. Like find out what your thing is and double down on it. Because if you're not funny, don't try to be funny. Like I, I just tell it to people. I'm like, you either you get it or you don't like totally fine. You get funnier, but like, don't, you know, and just like an artist, I'm not going to go and like try to become, you know what I mean? And double down on something that I'm not really good at. And I think that's the problem with social is people are scrolling and thinking, well, if she's doing the real like that, I have to do the real like that. Mm-hmm. No, like, just cause I want to put a wig on and be a dude and do skits. Like, I love that. That comes naturally to me. It's fun. That shouldn't be you. If that doesn't, if that doesn't feel aligned, but if you're like, oh, I want to get on there and I want to teach, or I love doing uh, graphics with GIFs and teaching five-step process to X, Y, Z, fill in your niche, or you want to do home design or like if you're more visual or auditory, you, you have to really tap into your skills and ask yourself, what is it that you do really well? Sometimes it's what we've naturally been good at as a kid. Sometimes it's something new you're discovering, but the worst thing you can do is try to do it like someone else. So first of all, don't try to do your reels like mine because it's yeah. going to come out super weird and awkward. You're going to look super, you're going to look an idiot, first of all. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, if you either want to do that or you don't. So yours can be very serious. Maybe you do very serious motivational ones, or you really um, share powerful stories. Maybe you're a great storyteller, find your thing. You won't know till you try out a few things, but really lean into what comes naturally to you and then double down on that. And also start with your niche and start with what people are asking for help with. So if you are, a fitness coach for moms and helping them feel good in their body again after they had babies. Okay. Double down on the questions that those women are asking you and make little reels about that. Each one could be literally 20, 30 seconds. And you're just taking the most common questions that you've heard or the ones that you're getting in your DMs. You screenshot the DM, you put the little image over the video. Now you're doing Q and A's super easy. You don't have to think of anything. You just took Q and A's from your audience. Or if you're a newbie, ask your close friends who are in that similar niche that you're in, ask your mom friends who are looking to get in shape after babies, like just finding that market research and those questions and then reverse engineering that into content is so, so helpful. So again, it's like be you and then know what people want and work backwards and answer their questions and being really clear on your intention. You know, for me, I like to identify it as edutainment. So I'm doing some uh, motivational mostly now trying to go more into just entertainment, but know know what is the intention of the content. So I know before I post, okay, this is to elicit an emotion to get people to feel connection or to feel a certain way. Okay. This one is to directly sell. I have a product I'm talking about. And this one is truly just to make you laugh and and just to bring joy. And then ultimately you share that. And that brings more people who want to also laugh. So I'm very it doesn't necessarily it may look like a shit show, but I'm very intentional with what I'm doing. I know the game I'm playing. And so I think that's really important too, is knowing 
what do you want to create? And what is the intention behind each piece of content? Is it to educate? Is it to entertain? Is it to elicit a certain emotion? Is it to invoke them to take an action, like click on a button or use a code or to purchase something or to go into your DMs? Being really clear, just so you have clarity around it versus here's my coffee today. Cool. Why? Like, cool. what, what does that have to do with anything? So just having intention behind content is huge. And I mean, content creation is a full-time job. It's a lot. I think it either comes naturally to you or it doesn't. I do think people can get better at it, but I think it, if it naturally is in you to share and you want to help in that way, I think it takes time. But I do think that you first have to know who the heck you're talking to <laughs> because I have a totally different audience than you and the other gal listening, then it, it's going to be a different strategy as well. So first know who you're speaking to. <laughs> yeah. I just did a post on this last week and I was like five reasons why I do not want you to ever copy my content. Yeah, like, it was so good. Yeah, it was like, you know, I have a different audience. I they they buy different. I'm in different rooms. Like they're at a price point that's different. It's exactly what you just said. It's like, don't try to copy my content. Don't try to copy my reels. Don't try to copy my energy. And it's like, there's so many reasons why. And I know that even me personally, like I have the blinders on at all times. Like I don't follow hardly anyone in my niche because I don't want to follow them. I don't want to be deterred. I don't want to see what they're doing because it's just going to screw up my mind of what I'm actually looking at. Same. Yeah. I really do that. Uh, I do that very intentionally now. Cause if I go into seasons where I notice I'm consuming a lot, I start to compare mm-hmm. and then I'm like, Oh, well she's doing it like that. So I should do like that. Or she's doing that kind of book. So I showed her that kind of event or that. And then it's like, no, what do you really want? What's your North star? Mm-hmm. And that comes down to what you want in life and what your goals are. And then also what's true for you. And I used to think that was so cheesy, right? It's like, what's well, true for you. It's like, you know, <laughs> like, oh God, every personal development book, but it's like, it is true. It's like, maybe it's now my thirties and you kind of understand that it's like your time is so limited. You have a gift, double down on it. And if you can figure it out fairly quickly in your twenties and or early thirties, that's such a gift to know your gift and put those blinders on because there's just so many people creating content now that if we all try to act the same, it's just this big blob of boring. (laughs) Nobody has time for boring. We don't have time for vanilla. Yeah. It's like everyone's doing the same dance and the same shit. It's like, that's not going to make an interesting world. So I'm really big on like, if you don't want to do the dancing trends, don't do them. You get to do whatever you want. If you want to show you making toast and you do recipes, cool. You don't have to get on to, uh, you know, dance on TikTok and reels if it's more authentic for you to teach or to be showing something. So put those blinders on and that is, yeah, that's step one is put Mm -hmm. the blinders on. Well, I know that you have moved more to the product stuff as well. So what do you have right now? What can you share with my audience? Yeah. So I own a company called Soul. We're uh, a wellness-based company and our new tagline is wellness never tasted so good, which is very exciting. We're going through a rebrand right now. And we have mostly CBD products that help with pain, anxiety, sleep issues, cramps, and it tastes delicious. And yeah, I've run that with my brother now for four years, almost four and a half. I'm the co-founder. He's the CEO. Uh, I'm the chief fun officer. I saw that in your thing. The creative and the marketing, but I definitely don't run the company, even though it's sweet when people think I do. I'm like, oh, that's nice. You think I'm <laughs> able to do that? No. I'm but like, oh, um, that's cute. Yeah, it's been great. It started as a funny idea in my kitchen and now it's uh, grown into something bigger than we could have imagined. So it's it's been really, it's been insane. It's been cool. <laughs> that's awesome. We'll definitely put all the links inside of the show notes. Um, I know I have a lot of CBD users as well. So definitely make sure you guys go out there and support Soul for sure. And then this is a question that I ask everybody on the show. Obviously, the sales podcast is what makes you buy from somebody online? Ooh, I love that question. That's Thank you. Good. Ooh, you know Thank what? You. I'm going to write that down. I'm going to ask my people on stories that, and then I'll tell you what they say. Oh my God. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'll get it. some market research for you. Appreciate you. 
I'm trying to find a way to put my heart into words right now because it's a feeling. Mm-hmm. And because my number one value is authenticity, obviously, and congruency. If I can feel that this woman that I'm following or this dude who's selling me stuff is so congruent, like they're they're living what they say and, and they aren't perfect. I feel this sense of trust with them. And so it's it's an emotional thing. And I know this is very feminine to say because we buy from our heart, not our head, but mm-hmm. I, I can feel it. And I love to support people who I feel like are doing what they just love to do. So there's a few creators that I follow who I think are hysterical or really smart or really helpful. And I just, I see that they're just in their genius. And I'm like, you're just doing your thing. Even if it's not what's trendy or popular, but you're doing you. I love that. And I'm so attracted to that. So I find that I buy from people who are extremely authentic, a little bit vulnerable, and also who do do at least some face to camera so I can see their their face or their or their mannerisms and hear their voice. Maybe they have a podcast. It's hard to just buy from a picture now. I need some sort of personality behind it. So I do notice that I buy from lots of podcasters and or people I see on Instagram because I feel like I know them more if there's mm-hmm. some, if there's some sort of video component to the brand. And they sell in a way where you can genuinely tell that they're not pushing it down your throat. And it's in a, just a a very authentic, curious way. And they don't oversell to the point where it seems like it's obnoxious. They found that nice balance of, Hey, this is what I love. I know it's going to help you. I hope you purchase it. No shame in that. Um, Not afraid to talk about it, but also not so much that it's like every second, every day. So I think that dance and that balance, I'm sure you teach is, is, kind of hard to master. So if I can tell someone like is doing it well, I'm like, oh, okay, I'll buy that random, you know, butt cream or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll Probably buy butt cream out there. Go some, some to Angie. She needs some butt cream. Yeah. Like, oh, I'll buy that enema kit. Okay. Like that's what I need in my life, you know? So yeah, it's interesting when you are, I'm, I'm curious, gosh, with you, cause you're a good saleswoman. Thank you. And when you're naturally a good saleswoman, it's funny because people say, oh, is it, isn't it hard to sell to you if you're a good saleswoman? I'm like, no, I actually love being sold. <laughs> I love being sold. I'm, I'm like, such a consumer. Sell to me. Yeah. Like I, know, I like, love to buy. And I, I actually know. hate like, when people don't jeans. try to sell to me. Yeah. 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 I'll actually like go to like, like I recently just bought a new car and I was like, the car guy actually like wasn't selling to me. And I was like, come on, like sell to me. I want to buy the car. <laughs> That's yeah. so funny. Yeah. I was at the car dealership and I got a new car and the guy it was like so bad what he said. It was so cheesy. He's like, oh, well, if you don't take this one now, that guy over there, he's about to take it. He just got back from golf, but he's about, I'm like, that's such a lie. No, he's not. Like, you're making that up because you're just right over there. I'm going to go talk to him and see. I'm going like, to ask him. I know. So it's just funny. It's like, don't be cheesy. Don't, obviously, that's, like, that's a wholesale podcast, but don't do the right thing. It always yeah. pays off. Even if it's slow and steady, I learned that in many ways and sometimes the hard way, like just do the right thing, treat people well, be a good person. That is going to take you so far in sales. If it's not the right fit for someone, it's not the right fit. They'll come back then because you didn't have this sense of anxiety around it. So yeah, I think now with me buying things, I buy clothes and wellness stuff on on Instagram and the internet all the time. I'm, I'm usually purchasing from someone who I know is being truthful and genuine and authentic. I love that. Angie, thank you so much for being here today. I know my audience is going to get so much out of this podcast. If you guys are not already following Angie, definitely make sure you do slide into her DMs, say hello to her and get to know her better. Yay. So fun. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you so much for tuning into the Sales and Social Podcast. If today's episode has you fired up and you loved it, could you do me a huge favor and leave a review over on Apple Podcasts? 
or take a screenshot and share it on social media. And don't forget to tag your business bestie. And while you're there, connect with me on the gram at the Jillian Murphy. I'm on a mission to change the mindset of sales. I want people to love sales because the reality is sales is the foundation of everything you do. It's how your business generates revenue consistently. So show up and be unapologetic about selling because once you fall in love with selling, babe, sky's the limit. So I'll catch you on the next episode, but until then, feel free to slide into my DMs because I cannot wait to get to know you better.